Hey guys, how we doing? I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. So I told you guys that we were going to try to give you bonus content, extra content over the weekend. And I could not think of a better, more pertinent topic than my conversation that I had with Peter Schweitzer. And when I say a pertinent topic, I'm talking about Pelosi visiting Taiwan. I'm talking about China's enormously disproportionate threats to the United States based on Pelosi visiting Taiwan. I'm talking about the Chinese buying real estate, particularly in Florida, but all over the United States. I'm talking about just this this silent war that China is engaging in against the United States, whether or not politicians and people here in the U.S. actually acknowledge that they are waging that war. They're doing it in a very sneaky way. They're doing it in a very sly way. They are trying to corrupt our nation from within, to infiltrate it, to co-opt politicians on both sides of the aisles and large corporations. And Peter Schweitzer wrote a book called Red Handed that details exactly how the Chinese gain influence over, well, these powerful people, whether they're politicians or whether they're corporations. I'm talking powerful people like the Biden family. I'm talking about Senator Feinstein. I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. I'm talking about, when we're talking about corporations, BlackRock, is hugely corrupted by the Chinese communists. There are politicians who are retired from political life who now serve as consultants. We're talking about Kissinger, James Mattis. Yes, that James Mattis, Condi Rice, um, institutions and universities like Yale. I talked to Peter Schweitzer about all of it, so check it out. Welcome back. I have with me today a very special guest, a man whose work I have admired for years. I'm a voracious reader of his books. And as always, if you want exclusive early access to interviews just like this one, you can join us on the Liz Wheeler Show on lo- Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. It is lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Uh, Peter Schweitzer is with me today. He's the author of Red Handed, a book I just finished reading last week. He's also the president of the Government Accountability Institute. Peter, good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, great to be with you, Liz. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I have read every single one of your books. And this one, of course, is your latest book. This is really, really well done. I actually read it on a flight down to Atlanta. My daughter, I was traveling with her. She fell asleep and I read it cover to cover. Um, it, it's not only well done research wise. This is really shocking information. You are, your thesis is that uh, the U.S. government and extending actually outside of government, government, corporations, higher education is compromised by the Chinese communists. This is a pretty serious accusation to make. Yeah, Liz, it's it's predicated on what Beijing's strategy is. They're explicit about it. They debate it and discuss it in China among the CCP leadership. Uh, it's called elite capture. And the idea is pretty brilliant if you want to give them credit for it. Uh, they view themselves in competition with the United States. Some even believe they're already at war with the United States. And rather than going head to head with this very dynamic economy, uh, this you know powerful cultural force in the world, the United States, or of course the world's best military, rather than going head to head, they're going to basically decapitate the United States by buying off portions of our leadership. They do it in Washington, D.C., Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and elsewhere, and they've been very successful at it, and that's essentially what they've been doing, and uh, we need to start paying attention before we lose this competition. So this idea of elite capture, it is it is bribery or buying someone's soul is maybe a better way to put this. Um, let's not be hypothetical about this. In government, give us some examples um, of people, of politicians who've been bought off by the Chinese and how that's impacted well, how they govern us. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you can look at people of both political parties to the highest levels of power, uh, begin with the first family, the Biden family. Uh, As we point out, uh, and it's all sourced and footnoted in the back of the book, the Biden families received some $31 million in deals uh, from China. 
Uh, these deals were arranged by four Chinese businessmen who we name. Each and every one of them has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So this is clearly an elite capture technique. Uh, if you move to Congress, you can look at the Republican leader in the Senate, which would be Mitch McConnell. He and his wife, Elaine Chao, who, of course, was the transportation secretary in the Trump administration, uh, are joined at the hip with Chinese state-owned companies and the Chinese government with the uh, shipping business that the Chao family owns. Uh, the Chinese government builds all their ships for them, finances the construction of all of them to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, provides all the crews, and uh, provides a lot of contracts for them to make money. Uh, you can look at the Speaker of the House. That would be Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she used to be critical of China. She is far less so now. And part of the reason is that both of her husband and her son have secured deals in Beijing. And it's important to point out, Liz, that what China's looking for is they're not looking for robotic responses from these individuals. Uh, they categorize it, if you loosely translate it to English, as they're looking for big help with a little bad mouth. They recognize that Joe Biden or Mitch McConnell may criticize them for the work and, and the repression that they're doing on the Uyghurs. Uh, but as long as they're helping them on the big things, which is access to our capital, access to our technology, they don't mind if there's a little bit of bad mouth. And that's what I would argue is what all of these political leaders are providing for them. Yeah, and that's a really interesting. It, it puts it in perspective, I think, when you understand that just because a politician says something against China, even something condemning the actions of the Chinese Communist Party, it doesn't mean that their words don't mean that their actions reflect that. So my question to you is, first of all, good reporting, but is what is 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 allowing yourself as a politician to be bought off the way that these politicians are? Is there anything illegal that they're doing? Oh, I think potentially there is. Um, we don't know the terms of the agreement. We don't know how these deals were struck. Um, you could be dealing with issues related to national security and espionage laws. Uh, you could be potentially dealing with bribery. Uh, the way it's defined in the United States, it's kind of a quid pro quo. Uh, but my point would be is if it's not illegal, it should be. Uh, we should have laws that prevent politicians and their family members from getting sweetheart deals, and that's what these largely are, from foreign governments to curry favor with them. Uh, I don't think that if you were a mid-level employee at the Pentagon or you know you worked for the CIA, you had a security clearance, you would not be allowed to have family members conducting commerce with China, particularly with Chinese companies linked to Chinese intelligence. Uh, it wouldn't be acceptable and it shouldn't be acceptable for our most powerful leaders either. No, it's two, it's two separate things, actually. Both are important, whether it's currently illegal or whether it should be illegal. And it obviously should be illegal. This should be a wake-up call. Your book, your reporting, the reality of what's happening should be a wake-up call for our government officials to reform um, the ethical concerns, and that's putting it lightly, that are going on here. There should be legislation. My question, I just want to clarify, what Mitch McConnell has done through his wife, Elaine Chow, who is herself a very high-powered government official, her family members, own this shipping company that's tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Do you believe there is a chance that Mitch McConnell himself is in violation of uh, U.S. law as it stands right now? Uh, it's, it's, it's impossible to know. It's certainly possible. The way that the laws are written, it has to be an explicit quid pro quo. Uh, was Mitch McConnell stupid enough to do a quid pro quo with Beijing? I don't know. I know that he visited there with his father-in-law in 1993 and met with the Chinese State Shipbuilding Corporation, and there was essentially a bargain was struck that the Chinese government was going to aid the family's business in its rise. Uh, and it's the reason that the family is so wealthy uh, to the extent that they are today. 
Uh, whether Mitch McConnell guaranteed something specific in exchange, I don't have any way of knowing. But I think the pattern of relationship in my mind is troubling enough. All right. The same question for Hunter Biden. I mean, if we're talking about stupid, if we're talking about paper trails, you know, there's no better example, perhaps, than Hunter Biden. He has secured billions of dollars, at least in equity deals with entities tied to the Chinese Communist Party while his father was vice president. This is even before Biden was president. Is there is there an explicit quid pro quo that could um, that could be a violation of the law that that you have found proof of? Uh, I think in the Biden case, it's certainly closer because we have access to emails. And it does clearly indicate that he was providing access, that he might have even been providing uh, other uh, benefits to these Chinese entities in return for money. One thing that is absolutely explicitly clear that is illegal is that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, had commingled finances. Hunter Biden was paying his father's monthly bills. He was also paying for things like renovations on his father's home in Delaware. Uh, that is patently illegal. As a politician, you are not allowed to accept uh, subsidies from family members to supplement your lifestyle. Can they give you a birthday gift? Yes. Can they give you a Christmas gift? Yes. Can they be on a monthly basis paying your bills and paying for renovations on your home? Absolutely not. And the law is very clear in that case. And so were Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's actions. So when you're doing this research, when you are following the money, because that's essentially what your book is, it is the money trail uncovered all the way to the point of corruption. Was there anything that you found that surprised you? Probably the biggest surprise didn't concern politicians. It concerned uh, very wealthy people on Wall Street and Silicon Valley. I mean, I'm not excusing it. I certainly think it needs to be dealt with. But I guess we can we can at least explain why a politician sees a payday, a chance for his family to get tens of millions of dollars and decides to do these, these kinds of deals. The question is, is why does a guy like Bill Gates, who's already worth $100 billion, why is he cozying up to the Beijing regime? That's probably what I found most disturbing and shocking. My thesis there is it's maybe partly about money. It's more about the fact that many of these corporate elites in Silicon Valley and Wall Street actually uh, admire uh, the authoritarian model of the Chinese government. Uh, they find it's more efficient. It, it, it responds to what they think is important, issues like climate change, or at least allegedly does. Uh, and that sort of infatuation with authoritarianism, uh, to me, was quite shocking. Uh, so that's probably the development in this book that most surprised me. Yeah, because it's ideological alignment. It's not just a matter of absolute power corrupts and greed for money, as might be the case with politicians. But the ideology of being, the ideology of communism, is that is shocking when anyone, especially an American, would, would embrace that. Now, you provide solutions of what we can do at a governmental level, but part of it is outside of the governmental level. Part of it is at the corporate level or at the college level where corporations are also compromised by the Chinese and so are institutes of higher learning that aren't even state-sponsored. What is your prescribed solution? Because the extent, that might've been the part, by the way, that shocked me the most. I was aware of Confucius Institutes. I was aware of how many Chinese nationals come to our STEM programs, even at the grad level. Um, for education to steal essentially intellectual property to take it back to the Chinese. What I was not aware was the story that you told about Yale, that they had essentially um, accepted tens of millions of dollars in donor grants from Chinese Communist Party linked entities to fund their very school. That's pretty shocking. And they're not, they're not a, a state-run university. 
That's right. Uh, now, you are required, if you're any uh, higher education uh, university or college in the United States, you're required to disclose foreign donations based on the 1965 law uh, involving education. The problem is institutions like Yale and others are not doing it. If you look at Yale right now, uh, they disclose where their foreign donations come from uh, by country. And if you were to look at that list right now, Liz, they would say with a straight face that the foreign source of money that sends them more than anybody is the island of Guernsey, which is a tax authority off the British coast. Uh, the reason they say that is that most of their money is coming from Chinese-linked uh, companies and individuals. But rather than funneling out of China itself, they're simply setting up these, uh, you know, these pass-through accounts, as it were, uh, in these tax havens. And Yale knows this, and they are purposely not accurately reporting it. So one of the reforms would be to require them and to enforce the law that says you need to expose and explain who is giving you the donations, where they're coming from, and not hiding it in such a, such a manner. That would be a beginning reform. But the other thing, honestly, Liz, is I, I'm a big believer in the old concept of shame. I think the reason a lot of this stuff is happening in the quiet corners, Bill Gates is not out going on American national television talking about how great China is. He goes on Chinese state television or in the Chinese media and says those things because he doesn't want his fellow Americans to know that he's doing it. Uh, so I think they need to be exposed and shamed and people should go to shareholder meetings and they should ask Google or Alphabet or Microsoft why they're involved in efforts to subsidize the Chinese military. They do not have good explanations for this. They will be embarrassed. And I think shame will go a long way to at least starting to move things in the right direction. Right, because every political thing is both cultural and legal, right? You can do something legally, but if the culture is not on board, then the vast majority of people might not even know about it. You did use the word enforce, though. When you talk about Yale not reporting things properly, are they technically, again, in violation of, of an existing law here? Not just a case study and why we should create a new type of legislation to deal with their corruption, but are they, are they in violation of an existing law? Yes, we do know for a fact that Yale did not report uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign donations largely from Chinese entities. They didn't even disclose those. They didn't even list those. There's an example of something that happened in the Trump administration I think was helpful. The Department of Education went after Yale and other schools and said, we are going to audit your books and see where your, where your donations came from. It was only after that they started disclosing it again. They are masking it, as I said. I think they are violating the law by doing so because the entire intent of the law is to let people know and let the federal government know what foreign entities are trying to influence the education system in the United States. And we know that China has a policy of trying to do so. Uh, so we need to have that information out in the open so students, alumni, and parents know what forces are at work on these college campuses. Peter, let me ask you, has any member of Congress invited you to testify um, about what you've reported on in this book? Uh, yes, there have been some uh, entrees made by people. I'm going to be speaking before uh, several congressional groups uh, at, at private luncheons. But when it comes to actual committees, uh, no, there are not. And part of the problem is, is that, frankly, you've got a what I would call a mutual non-aggression pact that exists with a lot of members of Congress. I mean, the reason you're not going to have some Republicans call out the Bidens for their China ties is they have China ties of their own. I mean, let's be honest about it. Mitch McConnell does not want to have a conversation 
about Chinese entities trying to influence American political families, i.e. the Bidens, because he himself has those same issues. Uh, so, you know, my hope is that the Republicans retake the House in November. We will be able to look at this issue new and fresh. The current leadership under Nancy Pelosi does not want to address it. My hope is with a party change that that will that 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 will shift. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. There are plenty of Republicans who don't want to have this conversation either. Well, this is also where where we come into play, meaning we the people. And this is one of the things I say often on my show is there's there's a lot of shows, a lot of pundits, a lot of people out there who can identify what the problem is, but there are very few people who are providing everyday American citizens solutions or actions that they can take on a daily basis for how to address what's happening in our country or what the Democrats are doing to our country, maybe in this case, what some Republicans in Congress are also doing to our country. So what what people watching this can do is you can ask your congressional representative to have Peter on, to have him testify before Congress to expose this issue, to really enforce existing laws, to provide, introduce legislation to end this kind of corruption. Otherwise, I mean, China's pretty, pretty infiltrated into our country. I encourage everyone, obviously, it goes without saying, to read your book, but it's really shocking to read the extent that they have infiltrated our most powerful entities in, in our country. I'll give you the final word, Peter. Yeah, I would just add to that, Liz. I would look at the products you buy. If you are buying products, especially electronic products made in China, you are likely subsidizing Chinese companies that are helping build up the Chinese military. I think most people don't want to do that. Second thing is I would look at your investment portfolios. You may say, well, I don't invest in Chinese companies, but if you have an IRA or an investment account and you have, say, a world fund or an emerging market fund, look at the actual stock holdings that they have. Many of these funds, in some cases, I found with my investments, 30 to 40% of their stock investments were in Chinese companies. So you, again, may be subsidizing our chief rival, maybe even our enemy on the global stage uh, by the investment decisions you're making. So I would say vote with your dollars. That's something very tangible, specific that you can do as an individual American. Yep. Yep. And it's not easy to do, but it's really important to do. Peter, thank you for writing the book. I know that this is quite an endeavor to take a research project like this and turn it into something palatable for all of us to read. And you really did a good job. It's dense, but it's readable. I highly recommend it. It's called Red Handed. You guys can get it where obviously wherever you get your books. Um, Peter, thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. 